Broadcasting from the campus of Loyola University, it's 88.7 WLUW, Chicago Sound Alliance. Thank you for joining me every Sunday morning at 11 here on 88.7 FM WLUW. Got an hour uninterrupted of your favorite small town kid. Go to the Loyola Phoenix, Nick Schultz. I know Sister Jean pretty well. I think he's the sports editor. There. He is. Right. He's a sports he's editor. Yeah. Sports good, columnist, sports writer. And, uh, and there's a, there's... I'd be lying if I said I wasn't watching baseball in class. Nick Schultz, who is a, a rising star in the profession. Our guy, Nick Schultz, covers oil for the student newspaper there, the oil of Phoenix. I have to keep pinching myself <laughs> and asking if this is real. I cannot believe this is happening. I'm a poor, starving college student, so I would say I was physically here, but I wouldn't say I was mentally here. One thing, college basketball is back. Could not be more excited. Should they be playing this year? Probably not. But they are, so we've got to enjoy it while we can. Welcome into the Sunday Sports Shootout here on WLUW 88.7 FM. I'm your host, Nick Schultz, here with you for another hour. Normally taking you up to Bears kickoff at noon, but the Bears play in prime time tonight against Green Bay. That game will kick off at 7.20 on NBC, and Mitchell Trubisky is back back i hope everybody had a great thanksgiving by the way the bears were off last week so i hope you enjoyed a bearless week and a good thanksgiving uh safe of course hope everyone's safe and healthy i'm excited to be back with you for another week i wasn't going to do a show this week i brought it up last week i uh, i was back and forth on being on the air this week just with the holiday uh, i wasn't going to book a guest obviously but with the news of mitchell trubisky coming back and starting for the bears and college basketball starting i figured why not I had nothing else to do on a Sunday morning, so I may as well talk with you for an hour. I wish I could open up the phone lines, because this is a week I really want to have callers in. But at least through the end of the semester, we're working remotely here at WLUW. I'm not sure what the plan is for next semester yet. But no phone calls, so if you want to chime in, tweet at me at NickSchultz underscore 7. I have my Twitter up in front of me. I'll read whatever I can on the air, as long as it's appropriate, of course. Not a lot to talk about this week in terms of different topics, but there is a lot to talk about between Bears, Packers, and college hoops. And as I said, college basketball probably shouldn't be playing. It's already been crazy. Opening day, there were games getting canceled. They've still got teams shutting down because of COVID. The NCAA really needs a new plan for college basketball. I mean, the one they've got, it's just, it's not working. I mean, it's been, Mike Bray's out on Twitter from Notre Dame, he's the head coach there, saying, hey, we've got an opening December 4th or 5th. Who wants to play it? I'm sitting here going, hey, Porter Moser at Loyola, you're going to be done with your COVID protocols by then. Why don't you, you know, play Notre Dame? 
But I digress. That's the gist of what's happening with college basketball. You got coaches trying to schedule games, trying to fill games, and it's just crazy. That said, there are games on TV, so from a fan perspective, you got to enjoy it. And I'm excited for the season. I did my first college basketball rankings last night for my blog at Off the Inbound. Feel free to check those out. I appreciate the clicks and also read the story while you're at it. I had a lot of fun putting those together. After the UIC game against Central Michigan, which got close down the stretch, but UIC held on 74-72. Luke Yaklich now 2-0 as Flames head coach. I'll dive into all that in the second half hour. Because the first half hour is going to be spent talking about the beloved Chicago Bears. Because it's Packer Week. I mean, whether you're excited for Packer Week or not, Bears-Packers is Bears-Packers. I mean, there's a reason this game's on primetime. And it's because it's one of the great rivalries in sports. Obviously, the Bears are coming off a bye last week. I'm sure I was one of the many who enjoyed a week off from yelling at the TV and yelling at the offense. And... The big question was, who's going to start against Green Bay? If you recall, let's take you back a couple weeks here. Nick Foles got hurt on the last drive of the Vikings game on Monday Night Football. I mean, he was... To go back to the injury real quick. He became a punchline of sorts for that. Because you see him get carted off. And I know I was watching with some friends and we're thinking, oh boy, that's broken hip. Is Is it his back? Is it his leg? What's going on? We didn't know. Matt Nagy didn't, he acted like he didn't know much in the press conference, that he didn't know what, how serious it was, etc., etc. Turned out to be a hit pointer, which I'm no doctor. I was a journalism major for a reason, but I can tell you that a hit pointer is just a bruise on the hip. And that resulted in a lot of jokes, especially on the Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin show on ESPN Radio. They were calling him soft. And... That's just not a good look. I mean, the Bears were already getting embarrassed on primetime again. I'm going to have football again, no less. And to have Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin poking fun at the quarterback, I'm not one to poke fun at guys when they're injured. But to hear them do that, it was like, okay, this is the national narrative. Because all year, I've been saying the Bears need some respect nationally. I mean, that's just been my M.O. I mean, you keep hearing the Bears in the same conversation with the Lions in terms of how... Vegas puts the spreads in that the Bears are usually the underdogs. And today they are, and that's at this one they should be the underdogs. But to hear them making fun of the quarterback, too, and then you hear him laughing at the offense, you realize the only offense worse than the Bears is the New York Jets, right? The same New York Jets that can't do anything on offense, and they look absolutely incompetent. Have they won a game? I don't think they've won a game yet. I'm pretty sure they're 0-10, 0-9. And to hear hear the Bears in the same conversation as the Jets, I mean, there have been a lot of jokes about the Bears lately. And now they're in primetime again. Sunday Night Football. Yay, national TV. Awesome. Fantastic. It's great. But Foles has not practiced with his hit pointer. I don't know how bad this hit pointer is. And one other, one other thing. I'm surprised I haven't seen this more on Twitter. Does anyone remember last year when Mitchell Trubisky came out against the Rams in primetime? He came out of that game, and it looked like a benching, and Matt Nagy said he had a hip pointer. 
I'm old enough to remember seeing Mitch standing on the sidelines that game, not getting carted off the field. So I'm not trying to feed into the jokes that the Keyshawn J. Willem Zubin made about Nick Foles' hit pointer, but it's something. It's just something I observed. I remember. I remember because I was working at my internship last year, and it was, I was I was on the Trubisky bandwagon big time, and I was the butt of a lot of jokes at the NBC Sports Chicago newsroom because I was a big Trubisky fan. Well, not really a fan. I thought he's your guy. I kept thinking he's your guy. There's gonna there's something there. You saw it last year. Though there were a lot of jokes my way, but I I vividly remember Trubisky standing on the sideline with what Nagy called a hip pointer, and I. I still think that's code for I wanted to get him out of there to bench him and not hurt his self-esteem. Which is cheesy as that sounds. I think that's what Matt Nagy did. So that's why when you heard Foles had a hit pointer, you're like, wait a minute, I've heard this before. But this time I think it was more serious. As serious as a hit pointer can get. Again, I'm not a doctor. So I don't know how serious, quote unquote, a hit pointer can be. But that's what Nick Foles is dealing with. And Trubisky, as you recall, hurt his shoulder on the one play he saw against the New Orleans Saints. So that left Tyler Bray to come in on Monday Night Football. And let me tell you, when you had Jeff Joniak on the call saying, Bray steps back, throws it to nobody in particular. More jokes about the Bears. This one coming from their own play-by-play guy. I'm glad Trubisky's back. I didn't think I'd be saying that, but I am. You look at when Foles was quarterback and the the biggest difference, and I know people keep saying, oh, this doesn't make that big of a difference. I really think it does with how bad this offensive line is. Mitch can run. I'm surprised Foles didn't hurt his shoulder trying to slide in that game against Minnesota because when he did, I'm like, oh, my God, he's going to hurt himself. I mean, he ended up, he didn't hurt himself. He got hit hard. And that's how he got the injury, to the hip injury. But seeing Nick Foles run, you know, I've never been the fastest guy in the world. I will openly admit that. I've never been the fastest guy in the world. But if someone's running after me, if a big guy with shoulder pads is running after me, I'm running the other way as fast as I can. And I know it's not very fast, but. I'm running the other way. Foles is not mobile. And when you've got an offensive line as bad as the Bears is, it's it's bad. I mean, it's hilariously bad. You need a quarterback who can move. And that's where I think Trubisky will help. He, can, he makes plays with his legs. You know he's almost got 1,000 rushing yards in his career? He's at 949 rushing yards. Like, that is just the craziest stat to me. That... He's got, he runs that much. And people just don't appreciate how well he uses his legs. All they see are that he can make short throws. He can't throw it downfield. Well, would you believe me if I told you that this season, Nick Foles is averaging six yards per pass and Trubisky averaged six and a half? Granted, Foles has a bigger sample size. But that's just throwing that out there. I really think the fact that Mitch can move will be beneficial 
in tonight's game. They're going to lose tonight. I'm spoiling my prediction early. They're going to lose. It's Green Bay. Off Green Bay lost last week, too. Green Bay doesn't lose two in a row. They just don't do that with Aaron Rodgers. But I really, I think the offense is going to look better now that Matt Nagy is not calling the plays. Which I still think against the Vikings, it was, it wasn't Bill Lazor's fault that the play calling was bad. You didn't have your top running back in David Montgomery, so you were left with Lamar Miller, who didn't play last year because he had an ACL injury, and didn't play at all this year until Monday night. Or that Monday night game, because it was two weeks ago now. Or Cordero Patterson, and he kept running Cordero Patterson. At least they weren't the jet sweeps. If I saw a Cordero Patterson jet sweep, I was going to throw something at the TV. Didn't see one of those, but it just seemed like every play, Cordero Patterson, Cordero Patterson, Cordero Patterson. This week, David Montgomery's back in the lineup from concussion protocol. And I've been a big advocate for David Montgomery. Since he was drafted, I think he's got a high upside. It goes back to the offensive line. So I think that's going to help the play calling, especially having your top running back and having a quarterback who can extend the play. How many times did you see Foles extend plays? You didn't. He forced plays with his arm and threw it out of bounds. Did anyone watch the Notre Dame game on Friday? Which, by the way, Irish, they won 15 in a row. 9-0 this year. Watch the Irish. But I, I keep talking about Ian Book. And it's just because I watch a lot of Notre Dame football. Ian Book is not a first-round draft pick. I would even call him a second-round draft pick. But you watch what he can do with his legs. There were, I can count three plays off the top of my head, where he was scrambling, there were guys on him. He had a guy, he had the ball in his hand going to pass. A guy hit his arm, he held onto the ball, rolled out, and found Ben Skoranek for a first down. He extends plays with his legs. That's what the Bears need because the offensive line is that bad. So you've got to make up for that. You, you play the cards you're dealt. And Matt Nagy is being dealt a crappy hand with the offensive line. So the fact that Mitch can come in, scramble a little bit, extend the play, that's going to make this game a little bit more competitive tonight. It won't solve all the problems, but it'll be better. Plus, this was a wake-up call for Mitch, sitting him on the bench. He even said in the press conference this week, after it was announced that he was starting, he felt blindsided by the benching. Okay, well, that for one thing, that should not have been a blindside, because we were all thinking it was coming. That game against the Falcons, I had not once said I wanted Foles to come in. That was the game where I said, it's time to bring in Foles. And look what happened. They put in Nick Foles. So it should not have been a blind side. I also think that's just Mitch. He doesn't really deal with the media well. He's very quiet. He doesn't he doesn't seem like he deals with the media all that great. So I'm not reading too much into it. But just on the surface, ooh, that should not have been a blind side. But that's where it shows this was a wake-up call. Now he's got to be better. You're not, you don't have Chase Daniel behind you anymore. Chase Daniel was a coach who wore shoulder pads. That's all he was. And that's why when he came in against the Rams last year, he looked all right because he was watching the game and he knew how the game was going. So yes, Mitch had a good wake-up call. And I think tonight you're going to see 
a better version of this Trubisky. Let's go back to Nick Foles for a second. I'm going to take you back. Let's hop in the Wayback Machine here. Go back to September 6th. This is after Mitch was named the starter for opening day. Now, if you remember, the Bears announced this on a Friday night of Labor Day weekend. So it was a great news dump by the Bears. And I was on the air that Sunday. Did not have a guest on because I just want to talk about this. And this is just a clip of what I had to say. And I think it aged really well. I mean, when they traded for Nick Foles, my exact reaction was Nick Foles? Really? I remember I was sitting on my couch. I saw the tweet and was, what? I would, I, I, I wanted Cam Newton. And I know I'm not alone in that. And I'm not even a big Cam Newton fan. The only, the only reason I remotely like Cam Newton is because he won fantasy for me my senior year of high school. But they didn't go get Cam Newton. Instead, they traded for Nick Foles and his expensive contract. And Cam Newton signed for damn near nothing in New England and is their starting quarterback. Like, come on, man. So don't tell me you feel strong about your QBs. Like, I know Foles is he's a good backup. He's good off the bench. But it, I don't feel strong about the quarterbacks. So that was me back in September. And outside of my Cam Newton take, which I feel like is aging a little better than I'm giving it credit for, it didn't age all that well, my point stands. I didn't want Nick Foles from the start. And the fact that I resorted to wanting Cam Newton tells you how much I did not want Nick Foles on this team. He can't start. When teams game plan for him, he can't start, especially when he has a bad offensive line. He comes in and saves the day. That's what he did when the Eagles won the Super Bowl. Carson Wentz got hurt. Nick Foles came in. Look what happened. Does he perform in big moments? Sure. When he has an offensive line to protect him. That's the crux of the issue here. I mean, he forces plays with his arm. He need, his decision-making was not good. He was making mistakes that we were yelling at Mitch about. So it, it's not all on the O-line. But that's where he's coming from. Like when Brian Greasy said what he said on Monday night a few weeks back about Foles not having time to pass, he said that Foles told him that. I'm guessing that was off the record and Greasy shouldn't have said it. It doesn't mean he was wrong. When you've got a quarterback who can't move, yeah, that's going to happen. I really think Mitch is going to help. It's about time that they put Mitch back in. Because there were weeks I was sitting here going, put in Mitch, screw it. Just just do it. And now they're going to. And uh, I wish he was healthy for that last drive against the Vikings because uh, watching Tyler Bray back there, God, that was painful. That was painful. I think if Mitch is in there, they have a fighting chance. Tyler Bray? Nah. Nah, you didn't have, you didn't have a chance. A, a snowball in Guam had more of a chance than Tyler Bray did for the Bears. So let's talk more about the game tonight. Against Packers, Sunday Night Football, Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth calling the game. At least I think, it, is it Al Michaels or Mike Tirico this week? One of the two. Either way, it's on national TV. Only game on, waiting all day for Sunday night. 
which I do have to give credit to Matt Peck. He uh, used to be one of the Bulls outsiders at NBC Sports Chicago, and unfortunately the outsiders got canceled. I love the outsiders. I used to work their show when I interned. And Matt tweeted today, I am perfectly fine waiting all day for Sunday night. In fact, can we just skip Sunday night and just go straight to straight from Sunday afternoon to Monday morning? And, I, I mean, he's not wrong. I mean, this game's it's going to be – this is not going to be a good game tonight. I think it will be a better game than it would have been if Nick Foles was starting, but it's not going to be. You got, you got the Packers coming in in prime time. Packers play well in prime time. And they're coming off a loss. Green Bay does not lose two in a row. They just don't. I don't, I don't know why. They just don't lose two in a row. They're going to be playing with a chip on their shoulder, especially with how they lost last week. Field goal in overtime. I think the Packers are going to win tonight. I'll save my score prediction for the end. I always end the show with my prediction with a score. But it's going to be one of those games. You're going to be sitting there yelling at the TV. Hopefully the defense can step up. And let me let me find the practice report from yesterday. I, I didn't hear of any major salute injuries. I didn't hear of anything surprising. Let's see. Yeah, Nick Foles isn't playing tonight. Uh, Keem Hicks is questionable with a hamstring. He didn't practice all week. That's not reassuring. Yes, if you recall, Keem Hicks got hurt against Minnesota, and I, I do think that I, I don't think Minnesota wins that game. Well, I shouldn't say that. I don't think Minnesota scores that last touchdown if Akeem Hicks is on the field. So he's questionable with a hamstring. Charles Leno Jr. hurt his toe and is questionable. I don't know how he hurt his toe, but that's a thing. Another offensive lineman going down, which he's not the best. I've, I've said all year, if Charles Leno's on your offensive line, it's not going to be good. But you still need the body. Danny Trevathan practiced in full. John Jenkins was in full. Uh, Sheriff Gabanis was full Thursday, Friday. He's questionable. He's probably going to play with a hand. Uh, Cordero Patterson is, doesn't even have a game status because he had a calf injury. He's going to be fine. That means we're going to see more Cordero Patterson runs. Yay! Buster Screen had an ankle injury that came up on Friday. He's going to be questionable. And Rashad Coward, another offensive lineman, practiced in full all week, but is questionable. Don't know how that happens. Uh, Barcavius Mingo, uh, the Bears' leading rusher a few weeks ago, as a linebacker on the special teams, uh, practiced in full. He's fine. David Montgomery's coming back. Sam Mustafer's coming back. And Mitchell Trubisky is coming back. So basically, the only question marks are Hicks, Charles Leno, and Buster Screen. Because I think Rashad Coward's going to play. I think Sheriff Bandis is going to play. If Charles Leno and Akeem Hicks don't play, that's a hit to the offensive line and the defense. And at that point, the Bears may as well just throw on the towel. Because this Bears defense runs on Akeem Hicks. Khalil Mack is great. Robert Quinn needs to step up, by the way. I don't know where he's been. They're paying him an obscene amount of money for him to do nothing. But without Akeem Hicks, this defense, it, it's, it doesn't have any teeth. I mean, he's the driving force of the defense. You saw that against Minnesota. I really and truly think they don't score that last touchdown with Akeem Hicks on the field, that hamstring injury. So the final injury report will come out what times the game? 7.20, probably 5.30, 6 o'clock tonight. We'll have an injury report. And it's going to be interesting. 
It'll be interesting, no doubt. And I don't know, the Packers have anybody new on the injury report? I don't even know. That's the thing, doing the shows on your own. I always, if, I, if there's something I forget to look up beforehand, I'm looking it up during the show. I'm feeling like my friend says on WFAN. Well, let me see what I can find here on Packers injury report. I haven't gotten any alerts in fantasy about uh, Devontae Adams. Uh, looks like he's going to play. Here we go. Final Packers injury report. Uh, Devontae Adams does not have a game status. Uh, Tyler Irvin, running back, is questionable. Josh Jackson, cornerback, is questionable. He's in concussion protocol. Kevin King had an Achilles injury. He's another cornerback. Limited participation, questionable. Uh, let's see. Any other notable names? Uh, ooh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling did not practice on Friday and is questionable. That could be big, wide receiver. And Equanimous St. Brown, limited practice, questionable. So the Packers aren't exactly injury-free either. But again, tonight, 7-20 kickoff, NBC. It's going to be all Packers. Bears fans are going to be yelling at the TV. And the other thing about this is it's a Packer game. Do you know who takes a lot of stock in Packer games? McCaskey family. McCaskies especially hate losing to the Packers. Not all Bears fans hate losing to the Packers entirely. But the McCaskies really don't like losing to the Packers. And Matt Nagy's only beat them once. And I remember that game. It was in 2018. I was covering a game at Genteel Arena and had I had the game on on a second screen as I was covering a basketball game. That was uh, sophomore year. Junior year. I'm sorry. That was junior year. After the Final Four. But <laughs> it's just funny to me that Matt Nagy's only beat him once. I want to say he's 1-3 against him now. Is that is that how the math shakes out? But the McCaskies don't like losing the Packers. And if they if – the this is the first time the Bears have faced Green Bay all year. Isn't that crazy that they made it through the bye week without facing Green Bay once? It feels, I mean, I feel like there was something missing from the years because they haven't faced Green Bay yet. So they got up twice after the bye week. And I have a feeling that Georgia's going to be a little upset if they lose, but especially Virginia. She does not like losing to Green Bay. As long as it's not a 45-0 halftime deficit like it was with Trestman, which that just gives me... Gives me chills thinking about it. I just felt the hair on the back of my neck stand up talking about that game. It won't be that bad. But it could get could get fun on the lakefront if the Bears go 0-2 against the Packers this year. And you heard my thoughts on Matt Nagy. I think Matt Nagy needs to keep his job. He just doesn't need to – he shouldn't call plays. I think Ryan Pace needs to be fired at year's end. It won't happen midseason. It'll happen at the end of the year. Speaking of firings mid-year, you see the Lions finally got rid of Matt Patricia and uh, Bob Quinn yesterday? Change coming to Detroit, finally. I know a certain Detroit Lions fan is uh, my buddy Jonah. He's been all over my Twitter DMs talking about how much he wants Patricia fired. He wants Quinn fired, and it finally happened on a heavy Saturday news day in the NFL. Is anyone else going to watch the quarterback list Broncos play today? <laughs> I might watch that game just to 
just to say I watched them play without a quarterback. All of their quarterbacks are down on the COVID list, deemed high-risk, high-contact. So they don't have a quarterback. They signed a guy, or they signed a guy. They brought a guy off the practice squad, their wide receiver. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. And he's never played quarterback in the NFL. Even, I I think it was the NFL Network reported that there were guys on the Broncos I've never seen him take a snap before. So the quarterback list Broncos are going to be fun. Which we're, and did, So I had, remember I had David Haw on the show a couple weeks ago. He had a hilarious tweet last night. And it was one of those, like, from the top rope level tweet. And this is, like, top ten of his tweets, I think. It says, not the first time Vic Fangio's coach for an NFL team with no quarterback answers on the roster. Woo! Spitting out fire, David. Got a kick out of that. And also on that heavy news day in the NFL, the San Francisco 49ers cannot play anywhere. Seriously, Santa Clara County said no com- no competitive games in the county for three weeks. That means the Niners and any colleges in Santa Clara County had to find new places to play. The Niners are supposed to play today? Let's see if they're supposed to play today. Yeah, they're supposed to play in L.A. today against the Rams at 3 o'clock. So they're, they're in the clear today. But after today, they got to find a new place to play. Very busy Saturday in the NFL. And games today are going to be interesting. Did I mention that the Bears are 8.5-point underdogs against Green Bay tonight? I think I forgot to bring up the spread. Bears are 8.5-point underdogs against Green Bay, which is exactly where I'd put them probably. Actually, I probably think Green Bay will score a few more points. But with Trubisky in the lineup, I will see. They could probably keep pace on offense. If the defense can keep them close, I think they can do it. I want to remind you as we hit the bottom of the hour, you're listening to the Sunday Sports Shootout here on WOUW 88.7 FM. I'm Nick Schultz. If you want to chime in on the conversation at all, shoot me a tweet at NickSchultz underscore 7 because I still can't take calls because we're working remotely. And I'll read any tweets about the Bears or I'm moving on to college basketball here in a minute. Feel free to chime in. If you want to give me a hard time about my rankings, tweet me. And that said, where, where, where's my guy Aaron Hunter? He's on Twitter. Uh, give me a hard time following Jesse Kramer's shoes. And the, he used to run the Catch and Shoot blog in Chicago. He used to do Illinois rankings. And I figured I'm just bored. I may as well. So if Jesse wants to do rankings, I'll go, I'll go toe-to-toe with him. But I just, want to, I just wanted to acknowledge that that was in, that was Aaron in my mess in my mentions last night, and Jesse chimed in saying imitations the highest form of flattery. Yeah, okay, I'm not imit- I'm not imitating you, Jesse. I wrote mine out. You tweeted yours. Just saying. But no, I'll be happy to compare rankings with you all year. Let's go. Let's do it. So fun weekend of college basketball, and obviously, as I said, I've got there in front of me the first off the inbound power rankings on my blog. Feel free to check those out, by the way. Check my blog. Feel like Barney Stinson. Um, of note, uh, Loyola, DePaul, Northwestern, Western Illinois, and Southern Illinois haven't played a game yet, so they're not in the rankings yet. I think there's only eight teams in the rankings right now. And <clears throat> it was a busy weekend. Uh, Missouri Valley, uh, favorite, Northern Iowa, is now 0-3. And Bradley went 2-1. Very impressive games for Bradley. And speaking of Bradley, I do want to acknowledge that. Uh, that Dave Reynolds, the beat writer for Peoria Journal Star, he covered the Braves the last 30 years. 38 years of Peoria Journal Star is retiring. His last day is on Tuesday. Dave is the definition of a class act. I mean, he's he's one of those you could tell. He's been around, he's been around a while. He knows everything. 
I want to say, he said he's covered 950 games since he'd been on the beat. That's impressive. And Dave was very welcoming when I was a student reporter. So the way the arrangement was set up was that the Loyola Phoenix was the beat reporter for the Loyola Ramblers because there's no quote-unquote beat writer for the Tribune, Sun-Times, Daily Herald, etc. So I was thrown in as a 19-year-old kid onto the Valley beat with, you know, the big boys, the professionals. And Dave was very welcoming. I got to know him really well the last few years. And Arch Madness this year, we were talking, he even said, if you need anything, he just, out of the blue, gave me his number. And he's just an all-around good guy, and he's going to be He's going to be missed on the Valley beat, absolutely. And there's never been an arch madness without Dave Reynolds, and that'll change this year now that he's retiring. Again, his last day is on Tuesday, Bradley's home opener. He announced it last night. And I just want to wish Dave all the best and thank him for everything. And I hope he enjoys retirement. But Bradley, the basketball team, did really well this weekend. They opened some eyes and... uh, how about UIC coming back from 22 down against Northern Illinois? Luke Yaklich out there doing work in that game against Central Michigan last night. It was close. I thought they were going to blow the lead. But they held on. And Illinois, obviously, number eight team in the country. Game against Ohio was a little close, but they're the number eight team in the country for a reason. All right, let's get to the rankings. Number one, obviously, Illinois. They went 3-0. I mean, it was no-brainer. Io and Kofi are back. 122 to 60 win over North Carolina A&T and 97 to 38 win over Chicago State. And yeah, the, the game against Ohio was close, but I could not go with anyone else in the top spot. But these next few games are going to be tough for the Illini. They got the number two team in the country in Baylor coming up December 2nd. Can we believe we're talking about December already? And number eight Duke as part of the Jimmy V Classic December 8th. So tough, some tests coming up here for Brad Underwood. At number two, we got Bradley. They were so close to being 3-0 this weekend at Xavier in Cincinnati. But they had a win over Toledo, which was crazy, crazy ending. Terry Nolan Jr. hit a game-winning putback. to transfer from George Washington. And the Braves beat Oakland 74-60, and they came oh so close to being 3-0. But, man, if they could just make their free throws and hit that 1-1, they wouldn't lose 52-51. to But, hey, you got to hit your free throws. Just saying. It's been a while since I've been able to tweet that picture out, and I think I – was it three times this weekend I tweeted free throws are free? And one of them was Bradley because they they missed that one and one and that had given them a better chance to win. But no, Braves look good though. The new guys are doing work. How about Darius Hanna making Sports Center? I think he was number three on Sports Center with a ferocious dunk. And I don't know if you I don't know if you remember this, but Elijah Childs is still there. He's a senior. Like Bradley grad out graduated out some big names last year, including uh, Daryl Brown, Luke Von Bray. Nate Cannell, big name guys. And Elijah Childs is still there. So don't sleep on the Braves this year in the Missouri Valley. All right, number three, Illinois-Chicago, 2-0. How about Luke Yaklich, man? I love the hiring. I said it at the time. I think it's a perfect hire for this group after Steve McClain was let go. And they're 2-0 now. And they were picked fifth in the Horizon League preseason poll. And I think they can uh, open some eyes around the league this year. And, yeah, the two hard-fought victories, as I write, that – the comeback against Northern Illinois and fighting off a late Central Michigan comeback. That's it's a good sign for this group. I think the culture that Yaklich is building, it's uh, big things are on the horizon in the West Loop. Number four, I got a little creative with it. I put Eastern Illinois. Yeah, they're 0-2, but they were 21.5 point underdog against number seven Wisconsin and stayed within 10. They made a game out of it at one point. 
So I picked the Panthers at number four. Yeah, they didn't keep up with Marquette very well. But plenty of good signs for Eastern Illinois, and that's why they made the top half of this week's rankings. Number five, Northern Illinois. Yeah, they played the one game against UIC, and they blew a 22-point lead, so I had to put Eastern Illinois over them. It could be a long year for the Huskies. They lost Eugene German, and he averaged 20.5 points per game last season. That's a lot of points, and he's also the program's all-time leading scorer. I don't think anyone returning averaged double figures last year. So it could be a down year for the Huskies. Illinois State I originally had at number 7, but I moved them up to number 6 after they beat UMass Lowell yesterday, despite nearly blowing a 20-point lead. A lot of question marks around the Redbirds this year. Keith Fisher opted out due to COVID-19 concerns. I know he just had a he had a daughter after Arch Madness this year, and he wanted to not risk anything for his family, which I understand. And Dan Muller is in for another rough year. And I, things could get shaken up down at Illinois State, I feel like. I feel like people – I feel like Dan Muller needs to be worried about his job a little bit. I don't know. Just last year was a rough go, and it should have been better. And this year, who knows? SIU Edwardsville went 0-2 this week. They faced St. Louis and LSU and just didn't keep up. And they did beat the St. Louis College of Pharmacy last night. They're an NAIA school. If they didn't beat them, they'd be at number 8 behind Chicago State. And, yeah, Chicago State's at number 8. Uh, some news out of the from the Cougars. Their head coach, Lance Irvin, who's a cancer survivor, opted out of the season due to COVID-19 concerns. That's totally understandable. And Rodell Davis is taking over this year as interim coach. But, no, hearing Lance Irvin opt out this year, I'm surprised he didn't. I'm surprised that news didn't come out sooner just because he's a cancer survivor, and I know he's very health conscious, and that's a totally understandable decision. It's going to be another long year on the south side, though. The Chicago State, I'm, I'm impressed they got into the Illinois multi-team event, but, yeah, they lost both games by 30-plus points. That just, nah. So that's your rankings. I do want to dive a little more into northern Iowa here, but, again, if you have any any thoughts, tweet me, and we'll go back and forth. But let's talk northern Iowa here. They went 0-3. All right. Not a good showing from the Panthers. But I still say, I will stay on the record saying this, they would be 2-1 and one at worst right now with Trey Burhau in the lineup. Why do I say that? Well, he's one of their best defenders. Probably their best defender now that Isaiah Brown graduated. Which has some big, bigger shoes to fill than people think too. I mean, he was a solid defensive player. And the fact that Trey Burhau was out because there was COVID protocols, he couldn't make the trip to Sioux Falls. That's a bigger loss than people think for Northern Iowa. I mean, he's a he's a lift defensively. He can give him a lift offensively. I think they beat Western Kentucky with him in the lineup. It's also, once I saw he was out, by the way, Western Kentucky plus two and a half, easiest play ever. They won by six. Cash that in. And they, they had a big lead in the second game, and they blew it. I know people were people were panicking. Because the at-large hopes are shot. Yeah, the at-large hopes are gone for Northern Iowa right now. I mean, that's just it's plain and simple. It's life is a mid-major. You gotta win your non-conference games. And they didn't win. They didn't win them all this weekend. So at-large hopes are gone. Now the Panthers need to either run the table all the way through and lose in the Arch Madness Championship, which won't happen, because the Valley's gonna be nuts this year, or just win Arch Madness. That's the only way they get into the tournament. It's crazy to be talking about March Madness right now, just with everything going on with COVID and the season just starting. But it's life as a mid-major, as I said. 
you got to talk about March Madness this early on if you want that large. Especially with a talented Loyola Chicago team that hasn't played yet. Because they obviously had a COVID outbreak. And you, you heard on last week's show, I played the clip of Porter Moser on with uh, Dan Dockich and Seth Greenberg, where he said 16 out of 17 guys tested positive, and four out of six coaches, including himself, tested positive as well. So once Loyola gets going, I really think that Loyola is going to make some noise in the league too. I think I was saying beginning of the year, the Valley could be a two-bid league. Only way it's a two-bid league now is if Loyola keeps impressing, like I think they will, and loses in the Arch Madness Championship to Northern Iowa. Plain and simple. Unless Bradley can string something together here, which they could. I mean, you saw what they did this weekend. Again, don't sleep on the Braves. And the Braves, are, they got a good team this year. Brian Wardle's group could uh, could keep doing work. But Missouri Valley is going to be fun this year. It's going to be a really fun league to follow. <clears throat> Especially because you got the top three teams. And did anyone see how Drake played this weekend? Holy cow. Yeah, Drake, plus nine and a half the other day. Cash that in. Yeah, I had a pretty good week on college basketball, by the way. If anyone... I might start doing picks down the road, but uh, yeah, your boy had a, had a had a good week on college hoops. And obviously, if you are into sports betting in Illinois, you can't bet on the Illinois schools. So no Bradley, no Illinois, no Loyola, no Northwestern, no nothing. But yeah, Drake could be a team to watch as well. Yeah, they had a that was a big victory they had the other day. Over Kansas State. Yeah, plus nine and a half against Kansas State for Drake. Cash it in. So watch out for the Valley this year. If I'm still doing the radio show, which I'm, as of right now I am, it depends on the old job search, which I'm still looking for a job. If anyone's hiring, by the way, like my DMs are open, just slide in and say, hey, we need you. Um, so unless I get a job somewhere else, I'm planning on being here through college basketball season. We'll see. So I look forward to talking a lot about the Missouri Valley. It's just familiar territory. And because it's Loyola's radio station, figure we could talk about the conference that Loyola, you know, plays in. That's going to be a lot of fun this year. And yet, I talked about this on the Missouri Valley Beat podcast this week, which I, I'm contributing to as their Loyola guy. It's with all the beat writers from the Valley, and they brought me back on. I'm grateful Wyatt Wheeler brought me on, even though he doesn't like my music tastes. But I talked about this this week that we all kind of agreed that this season is dumb. That's how Wyatt put it. Everything is dumb. Everything is stupid. Yeah, that's about right. Because, I mean, you see games. I mean, it was opening day and there were games getting canceled and teams entering COVID protocols and et cetera, et cetera. It's just a cluster. I mean, I, I get why they're playing. Like, I know it's all about money. I mean, if this... Notice, soccer teams aren't playing. Volleyball teams aren't playing. It's money, which I get. Basketball, it, at least at the mid-major level, if they don't have football, basketball pays for all the other sports. I get it. I get it. But, man, it's it's just a crazy year. Crazier, the, crazier year than usual. And I know there was uh, some talk about 
moving March Madness to May Madness or April Madness. I think that's a smart move. The vaccines are coming, but it's going to take a while. And I, I really think between the NCAA's protocols and COVID numbers going up, they probably shouldn't be playing. But you know what? Like I said, they are, and we just got to make the most of it as fans. Obviously, you got to hope everybody stays healthy. That's the number one concern. Like when I heard Loyola had 16 to 17 guys, it was like, okay, that's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot to deal with. But Porter said they're all recovered, and they started return to practice protocols Friday, by the way. I meant to, bring, I meant to say that. Loyola started return to practice protocols Friday. They are set to start back up December 3rd. And before I came on the air, I saw a tweet from John Rostin at CBS Sports saying, sources say Loyola Chicago will host Chicago State on December 9th. All right, John, you're really good at your job. You're a great newsbreaker. Your source, or your sources in this case, they've got to be Chicago State scheduled because that game has been on the schedule now for at least a month and a half. That's how I knew about it back on November 16th when Loyola shut down. I said, first game on the schedule is December 9th at Gentile Arena against Chicago State. This is not breaking news, John. And even everybody's saying your source is the Chicago State website. I just wanted to throw that out there. But Loyola can start back up December 3rd with, I believe it's games. I don't know, I don't know about practices, but I know it's games. And Notre Dame's still looking for a team December 4th or 5th. Just saying, Porter, you played Notre Dame a few years ago. Why not try him again? But I, it's not really breaking news, but it's just some news to watch on the Loyola Rambler front. But again, the first game on the schedule is December 9th. And if you ask John Rothstein, it's sort of the same. But if you ask me or anyone else, it's it's official according to Chicago State. These next few weeks are going to be very, very interesting for college hoops whether it be shutting down programs, whether it be these COVID-positive tests that come up. It's going to be very interesting. It's just the best way to put it. Before I get to my NFL picks for the Bears-Packers tonight, I do want to mention that next week, I'll bring this up again at the end of the show, but next week, I'm going to double check. I think this is, next week will be my last live show of the semester. We're entering winter free form for winter break, where people can come out and do their own shows of whatever they want. And I actually did not sign up because I'm going to take a break. But what I'm planning in the meantime is more podcasts. And a little little spoiler here, I'm going to start doing podcasts on my own, just separate from the Sunday Sports Shootout feed. I'm working on setting that up. But in addition to being able to listen to my rants, you'll be able to watch my rants on YouTube. That'll be coming soon. Stay tuned to my Twitter feed. I've almost got the equipment set up for that. And you can then watch me and comment. Who knows? I might even go live on Twitch or something. We'll see. But that's kind of what we got in store for next week and a few weeks after. Again, winter break runs December 13th through January 7th. So keep an eye on my Twitter feed. I might still be doing a show. I will double check, but I'm planning on next week being the last show of the semester. So until then, you have to listen to the podcast instead of being here at 11. All right, let's go back. NFL picks. <clears throat> well, my 
picks. My prediction for Bears-Packers tonight. It's not going to be good. It's going to be a bad game for the Bears in terms of score. I think the offense is going to look better. I don't think it's going to look great. Not sold on the Green Bay defense. I, I mean, they've showed flashes, but they're not they're not the Bears or the Colts in that they're strong defenses or even the Steelers. <clears throat> I'm going to say the Packers win this one tonight. 27 to 17. And I'm being conservative with how much they win by because I want to trust the Bears defense. I do. And the bend don't break mentality that works. And what I mean by bend don't break is the red zone defense is amazing. So they bend a little bit and get them downfield. But once they enter the red zone, Bears defense locks in. You hold them to field goal. But if Aaron Rodgers finds Devontae Adams, and if Aaron Jones runs all over him, which both could happen, especially with Akeem Hicks out, I, I think the run defense is going to suffer big. I'm not sure if Akeem Hicks is out tonight, though. He's listed as questionable. Questionable usually means they play, but he didn't practice this week. So I don't know if Akeem Hicks is going to play. If he doesn't, that score is going to be bigger than that. But I'm planning, if I'm planning best-case scenario, if Akeem Hicks plays 27-17. And again, that it could, it uh, that score could be even worse for the Bears because Aaron Jones can run all over you. Rodgers goes to Devontae Adams like it's nothing. That's what I think could happen tonight. Depending on how it goes tonight. Because, so I, I've usually bartend Sunday nights. And usually I watch Sunday night football there. Well, with COVID and everything, the bar is shut down. So I'm watching at home with my family, which is great. They get to see me yell at the TV during a Bears game again, which that's always fun. I got to watch my mouth. Depending on how it goes, I might do an instant reaction podcast. We'll see. Depends on how much they make me angry or how much they surprise me. So stay tuned. Because I have nothing going on tomorrow. I'm done working at the golf course for the year, so I have to get up early on Monday. So may as well do something fun, something different. But yeah, I think Packers went 27-17 tonight. That's, again, a little conservative, but that's what I'm going with. So between Bears-Packers and college basketball, I am glad that college basketball is back. Like, again, they shouldn't be playing, but you know what? They're back. Why not? Why not get excited? It's going to be a good sports week here. And did I just see Adam Gase is taking over play calling again for the Jets? Are they trying to tank? Is Is the tank just on in New York? I mean, really. The only offense worse than the Bears is going back to the original play caller. Which, that's just a recipe for success, isn't it? Going back to the play caller who got you in the hole. That's the other thing people aren't talking about with Trubisky coming back. You've got Bill Lazor calling the plays this time. It's not Matt Nagy. Bill Lazor calls him from up top, which I thought was interesting. Because I know when Vic Fangio was in town, he ran the defense from upstairs. So seeing Bill Lazor call the offense from upstairs, I like that. 
Because we're used to seeing Negi call it from the sideline. So seeing Laser call it from up top, okay, maybe that'll help. And, again, that's just one other aspect to this. You haven't seen Trubisky play when Matt Nagy's not calling the plays. What harm could it do? David Montgomery's back. You're not going to see Cordero Patterson every play. You might, I should say that, you might see Cordero Patterson. Why not? Just just throw Cordero Patterson out there on a jet, no, no jet sweeps. Have Cordero Patterson run up the middle or something. Just And then have him, have him run it back for a touchdown on a kickoff again. That helped. That was nice. Just do that. That's, that's just the game plan. And also, Mitch, while you're at it, if you want to stick to the Nick Foles mentality, don't throw to Allen Robinson in the red zone. Just don't do it. You know, he's your best target. He's your number one target. But don't throw to him in the red zone. We want to run him out of town. I really hope that changes tonight. I hope Allen Robinson gets brought into the game more. I mean, you see, I mean, he's in the game, but he's not. Foles didn't throw to him that much, comparatively speaking. He'd throw to Anthony Miller. <laughs> Anthony Miller's really good at his job, isn't he? He'd throw to Demetrius Harris. And Demetrius Harris is the best tight end on the roster, right? He's their tight end one. Can Cole Komet also get worked into the offense, please? I mean, he's your, number, he's your top draft pick. Why is he not in the offense more? I hope Mitch finds him more. I mean, I've been barking up that tree now for, let's see, what, what, what day is it? What week is it? How, how many weeks am I going on now? 11 weeks of that? Fine, Cole Komet. Please. Don't waste that draft pick. You took a tight end as your top pick and you're not using him. I don't even want to talk about the run game. Because they can't block anyway, so the run game's going to go with the offensive line. As long as there aren't any Patterson jet sweeps, I'll be happy. Ish. I say ish. But yeah. Primetime Bears against Green Bay. You remember the last time Bears played Sunday Night Football against Green Bay? At least the last time. I think it was the last time they played on Sunday Night Football. Opening night last year. After It was the first game after the double doink. Everyone's excited about the Bears season. And they go and lay an egg. And Green Bay walks all over them. I was so glad I wasn't watching that game. I was at a conference. And it was back when we could have large gatherings. And we were there was a big party to start the, to start the conference. I didn't get to watch the game. I was following tweets. So they'll have that in the back of your mind as well. I'd be curious to see how uh, Chicago Sports Radio is tomorrow, win or lose, because I have a feeling we're going to start hearing more of the, oh, Mitch is still bad. Let's say, let's say the Bears win tonight. I'm going pie in the sky here. Let's say they win. And Trubisky has a good game. I guarantee you, I will. You can, I, you can play this clip. You will hear on the radio multiple times tomorrow. Oh well, Trubisky, you know, he's just not good at quarterback. He's just not a good quarterback. He's not good. We won with our defense. We didn't win with him. That's what. That's what Chicago radio is going to sound like tomorrow. And if they lose, oh boy, that's going to be five straight losses. It'll be under five hundred. Remember when I said that you have nothing to worry about here because they're five they're four and one, four and oh five and one and I said it's all good look at the record yeah no not anymore I'm gonna I'm flipping on that one 
Yeah, I will. I will gladly say I was wrong. There were warning signs that I chose not to look at. Just tank for Trevor at this point. No, I'm kidding. I do hope they take a quarterback in the draft, though. I don't need it to be first round, second round. Like, you're not going to get Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields. Maybe a guy like Sam Ellinger. Maybe a guy like Ian Book. Maybe a guy like, uh, who was the guy I saw? Oh, Mac Jones. Is he entering the draft? Is Mac Jones entering the draft? He's probably going to go high first round. If he doesn't, maybe take a chance on him. If you watched the Iron Bowl yesterday, Mac Jones looked good. And I also just want to say on the record that Bo Nix is very overrated. I don't think I've said that before. Watching, uh, You hear Bo Nix on Twitter all the time. He's got a great name. Man, he's overrated. There is no reason that that game should have ended that way yesterday. Auburn should have put up at least a little bit of a fight. Got a couple minutes left here. So, again, I want to run through the game plan for at least the next few weeks, as far as I know right now. Next week, I'll be live. There will be preseason basketball coming up. The NBA is coming back. Preseason basketball can start. I'm excited to see a sideline without Jim Boylan. Which, speaking of Jim Boylan, I can't believe I've, I've waited this long. Can you believe it's been a year already since the most famous quote of the Jim Boylan era and my favorite quote of the Jim Boylan era? If you build it, they will come, Joe. You seen that movie? That was a year ago already. I remember watching that. That was fun. I was watching that at home. I got home from work that night and... It was a late game out west, so they sent me home early. And I was watching the post-game show and seeing that. Yeah, that was funny. That was a year ago today. So seeing the Bulls without Jim Boylan on the sideline and what the new front office is going to do this year, I'm excited as a fan. And the season can start, I believe, December 22nd, which means we'll have the NBA on Christmas, which is going to make Christmas dinner a lot of fun if we – if we can have large gatherings, then of course no. If one, whenever whatever we do for Christmas dinner, I'm probably gonna be watching the NBA the whole time. I know my dad just walked up here hearing me say that. My mom's not gonna be too happy about that, but uh, that's what we're looking forward to the next month. After next week, if I'm not live, I'll be doing podcasts. They won't be coming out just on Sundays. They'll be coming out during the week, and I'll be starting the YouTube channel. So keep an eye on my Twitter page for that. I will be keeping you updated. And again, winter break once runs from December 13th to January 7th. I'm planning to be back next semester. We'll see what happens with my job search and everything. If I end up leaving Chicago, i got to leave the show. Right now, it's looking like I'm going to be here. It means you're stuck with me. And I hope you come back next week at 11 and after winter break. Come back at 11 if I'm still here. Again, keep an eye on everything. But until next time, thank you, everybody, for listening. I'm Nick Schultz signing off again. I hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving. I hope you don't get too angry about Bears-Packers tonight. Uh, Stay safe, stay healthy, wear a mask. We'll be talking NBA and more college basketball, and I'm probably going to go on a rant about the Bears because you know me. That'll all be in store next week. Have a great week, everybody.